I'm Matt Brownell. And I'm Van Owens. And I'm Tim Adams. Welcome to Climbing the Mountain, where we dive into the scriptures and discuss themes, connections, and real-life application. We're kicking off a series here where we're going to examine the Sermon on the Mount and discuss implications for this teaching for Christians today. Welcome back. Um, so we have been talking about judging, about what that looks like to doing it in community. We spent a bunch of time uh, this last episode thinking about, okay, if someone actually isn't a sin, what's the spirit that I am to have as I approach that person? And we talked about Galatians 6, 1 through 2, um, which I thought was a really helpful conversation focusing on gentleness, right? And carrying one another's burdens. Um, so now we're going to we're going to dive into the last couple of verses of Matthew 7, 1 through 6, which are incredibly confusing to many of us. Um, and I'm really excited about this because this has been one area where the studying for this podcast has, um, I think, given me the most chance to grow in my own understanding, um, but still definitely don't think I've like figured it out. So really excited to dive in. Um, so, Van, you want to read the passage sure for context? Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. Do not judge, or you will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother... Let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye. You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Awesome. All right, we are at verse 6 now. This is a confusing verse to many modern readers. It's a very interesting mental image, right? Dogs, if you think about it in the context of that time period, though, dogs are not the kind of cute little pets that we think of today, lap dogs, you know. Um, like pigs, the other animal that's portrayed in this, this um, section, they were unclean. Think of the, the dogs that licked up the wicked King Ahab's blood and devoured Jezebel. They were ruthless scavengers. Also, Jesus uses a pearl in one of his famous parables. What does he mean here? Who is this type of person that we would not share our faith with them? Why, why would we do that? Doesn't God want everyone to know him? Yeah, great question. So I, I'm going to try to reframe the conversation a little bit here, Matt. Um, I, I don't think Jesus is talking really about sharing our faith with people here. And it, and here's why. A uh, little bit of background. Um, Jews would talk about Gentiles as being dogs and pigs. Mm -hmm. That was sort of a uh, cultural euphemism. That sounds really insulting in our world. Like if I called anybody in this room a dog or a pig, 
there would be some conflict resolution mm-hmm. that would happen that probably wouldn't go go uh, quickly. So so we we view this as an insult. I think it wasn't quite as insulting in that day. We see it with Jesus and the Syrophoenician woman where, you know, he says it's not right to take the kid's bread and toss it to the dogs. And she kind of owns it. Yeah, you Jews call us dogs. We get it. I get it. Like, that's how you think of us. So I think some of the edge that we hear in this is not quite what we perceive, quite as much as we perceive. It doesn't seem like a term of endearment. Like, it doesn't seem like friends, you know, giving each other a hard... It doesn't seem quite like that. But I don't think quite the edge that we read into this is there. Um, the other thing that I think is helpful when I'm processing this before I, before I kind of decide what I think is stringing pearls was sort of a term, was a term that rabbis used for stringing teachings together. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when I put those things together, there's a, it's, it's like, okay, Jesus, cause it, it can feel when we read this in 21st century America, like, Jesus is calling, he just said, don't judge. And now he's calling some other group of people, probably Gentiles, considering who's in the audience, dogs and pigs. Well, now you're judging them as being dogs and pigs. Um, That feels wrong. That doesn't really jive with what's going on. And so with those couple of pieces of information, that helps me process it. I'm not going to tell, I'll say how I've processed it later in the discussion, but I want to give everyone else a chance to kind of talk a little bit. Well, no, but I think, so do you, do you think that he's referring to Gentiles? I think so, but I could also be wrong. I mean, we could all be wrong. We're just trying to figure it out. I'm kind of going on, That's that was a euphemism. Mm-hmm. That was like a cultural euphemism of the day. That's my that's my working assumption. Yeah. And that I mean jibes with those the fact that it's a euphemism. It just feels weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. I like set aside the fact that this whole thing's about judging. I think there's you know, there's there's something to, there might be something else there. But why is Jesus talking about Gentiles? Mm. In this, con- like, why does why is that even on the table in the middle of this part of the sermon? In the whole sermon, like, I don't, I don't, yeah, I yeah. haven't been able to figure that part out. And I was thinking, oh, that might be what it means, but I don't know how it makes like how it's coherent. You he, know, he does bring up pagans and other parts. You know, like, and when he's talking about prayer, don't Babylon like the pagans do. So it's not like he's ignoring them, and and this could be another. I think there is. It's interesting to think about this in those terms and try to to tease out. Well, what is he trying to say here about this? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Yeah, I, well, I don't know. I, I, I so I, so I to answer answer your yeah answer I, your question. I think again, I, I'm I'm wrestling through this. So we're having a discussion here in real time. We're totally discussing. Um, yes, that was that was for the audience. So I know. They, they I know. know, I know. That I'm, just, I'm just telling them that I agree. Yeah. So Tim and I are having a discussion. I my guess is that he he's talking about Gentiles. He may even be talking about people. 
because there were Jews in the audience who sort of embraced some parts of Gentile culture in a way that would have made other Jews feel very uncomfortable. Um, And so Gentile culture had kind of crept into Judaism and there was more interaction with Gentiles than there used to be. And I think, I can't, again, this is sort of my working theory that Jesus is saying, look, there, you, you do interact with these people. Like, you, you're, you're in, we're in Roman-occupied territory. You cannot avoid interacting with pagans. They are a part of your day-to-day life. Um, and then he's talking about the pearls, the teachings of Judaism, the wisdom that Judaism was providing. Again, that's, we're in a Jewish context yep. here. Yep. What I think he's trying to tell us is don't, you're not giving this great sacred teaching to Gentiles. Now, it still feels pretty uncomfortable that he's calling them dogs and pigs. I, that, that still is like a thing in the back of my head where I'm going, ooh, this feels weird. But I think there was this like hatred of the Romans because they weren't following the Jewish customs. Like there was this resentment of like, well, they're occupying us, but they're not even Jewish. And the ones that are technically Jewish are only Jewish because it was a politically expedient thing to make them Jewish. And so what I think he's saying is you take all this stuff that's sacred that we consider sacred. You take these great teachings, these great moral teachings, and you throw it in front of these people who haven't even agreed to follow it, Yeah, mm. yeah. who aren't even trying to do this. How do you think they're going to act? Yeah, yeah. Like if I go to if I go to my kids' school and start, you know, railing against the morality of all the parents who aren't even trying to be Christians, they're going to feel judged by you. They're going to feel they're, judged. They're, they're going to be feel like, like you're better than me. Oh, yeah. and then just and they're going to and and like and then they react with hostility. Right. Well, what did I expect? What should I have expected? Like. They reacted exactly how you would think they would react. Mm-hmm. And like when we, I think what Jesus, what I think Jesus is trying to tell us is when you throw this stuff in front of these people, of course they're going to trample it because they haven't agreed to follow it. Yep. Of course they're going to be hostile to you mm-hmm. because now you're putting yourself on the judgment seat and determining that because that they lack value because they're not holding to your sacred things and your pearls of wisdom. Yeah. Jim's working and theory. So, and so then, and then if that's the case, then it's connected to the previous verse by, you know, you're, you're looking at yourself, you're coming from a place of humility, you're going to approach someone else with the speck in their eye, but it's not even, it, it's like if you're trying to, they don't hold someone to the standard or framework, it's yeah. like not going to be helpful. Yeah. I, I like the word Matt used in framework is you have a totally different framework. You haven't agreed that you even want to follow this. Yeah. And then it could be connected to 1 Corinthians 5 where Paul's like, hey, I'm not saying you shouldn't associate with the sexually immoral and the drunkards and stuff because if you if by people in the world, because if, if I was saying that, you'd have to leave the whole world. Yeah, right. there's exactly. like a... Okay, that makes more sense than when I first thought of it being like, oh, Jesus is saying don't talk to Gentiles. Yeah. So yeah. I this, could see that I could see that being a 
and I, and I think he's. I also don't think he's not. He's trying to say don't, uh, don't help them. Don't try to change their framework that mm-hmm. they're working under, but don't throw your mor- your morality. This thing that you're you know saying you can't do in front of all these people because they just don't they haven't agreed to it. I I came up to the same conclusion as you, Jim, that this was uh, this is a tricky thing, but that the uh, sacred pearls are the things of God, the his teaching, especially his word. We talked about when we're we want to use that when we're making judgments with with our brothers and sisters because that is the God is the ultimate authority and and that is truth and not our own. And and so I think exactly what you were saying. These these dogs, pigs, I, I call they're unclean people. I don't. I, I mean, aside from the context they were there in, if you think of today, anyone who is not of the people of God, right? Anyone who doesn't have that framework, and they so they're not. This verse six acts as a qualifier to everything that came before. Hmm. So it's at the end of this teaching concerning judgment within the people of God. Oh, and by the way, can't take that that same tact with the rest of the people in the world. They don't they don't share your sensibilities and mm-hmm. they will turn and trample you. They will, oh, you're judging me and I'm going to come after you and, and tear you to pieces. I think that's that is what you see. Um I I you know, I've tried to take the the things of God and and counsel people that are blowing up their lives and that didn't go well. They thought I was being moral morally superior to them and you're judging me and I feel guilty and they bleh, vomited all over me and uh, lost relationships. Mm-hmm. And in those situations I think we have to take a different tact. I think um we should show them Jesus's love in a different way. Instead of telling them, here are the things that God says, show them the unconditional love that we've received in a way that helps them know that they're not alone or helps them deal with whatever brokenness that they're experiencing in an unconfrontational, non-judgmental way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I So <laughs> I wonder if there's a different layer here. Yeah. Um, so I, and I don't disagree with anything that you guys said. Uh, it, it all sounds, um, it all sounds accurate to me. Um, but I think that one of the things that Jesus is doing throughout this sermon is the, so there's the old division of Jew and Gentile, which he's sort of addressing here. But the the new division that he's kind of introducing in this sermon is goes back to you have heard it said, mm. and he quotes an Old Testament passage, and then he says, "But I say to you," and the division between what you heard and what I'm saying is that we're now talking about the the kingdom of God. We're talking about servants who have put themselves under the kingship of God. Mm. And so we're, we're not necessarily talking about, um, we're talking about more than Jews and Gentiles. We're talking about people who are servants of the kingdom and people who are not. And so w- one of the ways that I looked at this passage, I sort of... Uh, took a step back and said, so we're talking about judgment. 
the kind of personal judgment that I do. And if I'm going to be judgy, um, what I'm doing is one of two things in general. Either I'm judging somebody to uh, belittle them, to say, you're not good enough. You don't qualify. You don't measure up. And the motivation for my doing that is that if I can say that person is disqualified, then that makes me qualified. Mm -hmm. That if I can say that person is less than, then I can say I'm more than. Mm -hmm. And so, and he kind of gets at that in verse one and two, where he says, don't judge or you'll be judged. The same measure you use is the measure that's going to be used on you. And then he goes into, and then the other thing is sort of what, the other reason that I judge people is so that I can be included with people that I am perceiving as maybe a little bit better than me, maybe a little bit superior, maybe smarter than me, wealthier than me, uh, more influential than me. So I'm judging based on that to get those people to get those to feel like I'm a part of that group. Yeah. And. I think that part of what he's saying in verse six is that um, the way to the way to use the pearls, the way to use the wisdom that God has given me, is verses three through five. To take the plank out of my own eye, so that I can see clearly to help someone who's got a speck in their own eye. And that verse six is more, and this might be far-fetched, but this is what what I think is that he's saying in verse six, he's saying, don't use that to do the second part of judging people. So in other words, don't take my knowledge of the scriptures, my knowledge of the Bible, the pearls that I have to use it to impress somebody so that I can be looked at like that, to impress a quote unquote Pharisee Hmm. so that I can be, so that I can be looked at like that. Because if you do that, they're going to turn on you. (laughs) You're still, you're still going to be perceived as less than that. The only way to do this is to do it the right way. Verses three through five there, use the pearls to Remove the plank from your own eye so that you can see clearly to help your family, to help your community remove the sawdust from their own eyes. And I don't I don't think that that is contradictory to what you guys said. I think it's just maybe another layer and maybe it's just a sort of a personal interpretation mm-hmm. that I've taken. But it's just it, it's a little bit a, a shade different. Yes, it does feel different. Um, the. The um, so I understand the the approach would be one of humility again, and mm-hmm. not like you're taking the scriptures and using them in a way that is like a a club right. or like you know, uh, which I think I think that's that's pretty much what we that's where we got to is not we're not taking the text and using it to like beat people yeah. over the head with. Mm-hmm. So maybe uh, ubiquitous, we just shouldn't do that 
Period. Right. And no, I, <laughs> I think all four of us are in agreement. Oh, is a bad idea? I think that's clear. Yeah, we're, uh, all, we're all there. Period. Don't do that. But especially maybe because I, I do think there is something about this un, these unclean animals, uh-huh. especially someone who doesn't have the same framework to even hear it in the first place. Right. Uh, we could do more harm to someone who, who's in the world hearing scripture in a way that they then feel like God is is so judgy or God is, you know, and they could take his good word and because it was used as a club, think, ah, I don't want to have anything to do with a God like that. Can I, can I add to what you just said? Sure. It, I'm continuing the scared little boy analogy from last pod um, is that if I, if that's what had happened to me before I was a Christian, I probably would, that probably would have just made the scared little boy run away instead mm-hmm. of hide in the corner. Yeah. Like if we take people and, and I'm not saying everybody out there is a scared little boy. I'm not, I'm not saying that's where I'm just saying that's where I was. And, and if I had felt, like people just threw these morality things I wasn't following, nor had I agreed to follow in front of me, I would have said, well, God's not really a safe place. Hmm. Like the scared little boy is looking for safety. He's looking for a safe place and he's looking for a place where he doesn't have to be scared. But now if we're having this morality thrown, thrown, you know, these pearls that are great for those who have agreed to follow, but for those who haven't, it, they are overwhelming and feel judgmental. Mm-hmm. Now God is not a safe place for the scared little boy. Mm-hmm. And that scared little boy has to go for, try to find other safe places. Yeah, And that's, I think as we've seen, that's the opposite of what God is looking for right. from us. He wants, he is a safe place and we need to make people feel as though God is a safe place, which means we have to make the church a safe place. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to go up to someone and say, hey, I noticed you've been having a hard time with something. Let me share a scripture with you. Repent or perish. (laughs) That would probably not get across the love that God has for us. Yeah. I think there's a there's an element to this where I was just thinking about how it says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Mm -hmm. And that word fear means something different to us today than it did then. Right. It, the, the fear of God is a, is a wow, God is awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, God is so much bigger than, and it's, it's, a, it's a reverence, it's a love too. Yeah. There's um, just to, there's a, a couple things here, but my main point that I want to make is that when we take this Matthew 7, 1 through 6, it says, don't judge or you'll be judged, but it ends with this passage about the pearls and the swine. And so we know for certain that don't judge can't mean don't discern. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And don't use wisdom and your understanding of people and God to figure out how to to move in the world, because we have to do that with whatever this passage means, right? Um, the other thing that I was thinking, you're saying, well, this can't be about like not sharing your faith mm-hmm. or sh- can't be about sharing your faith in some way. Cause like they, people, we just are po- supposed to proclaim the gospel yeah. like to everyone. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's an example Paul gives, he preaches to the Jews in a city, I forget which one it's in Acts 13. And then they're not open. 
they get they're jealous and he he's like okay i'm gonna go to the gentiles right he gives people an opportunity um and we don't assume that before we open our mouth right that we know how someone's gonna respond Mm -hmm. right that's that's a good point um but you know, it's not like we throw everything in people's face right away. Like the, mm-hmm. the example of sharing your faith that I was thinking of was, was it Felix that Paul was taught or Agrippa that Paul was talking with for a long time? The guy was like kept the yeah. king like kept yeah. him around for a mm-hmm. while. And like he first went to trial with that king and he like told like he explained the gospel. Jesus, you know. Rose from the dead. He and, talks about judgment and, oh, but, okay, we'll talk about that later. That's the thing. Like, like he <laughs> had a lot of conversations with that king, and he didn't start with judgment. Mm-hmm. He started with the gospel that I've, I follow the raised Messiah who's here, you know, to redeem us. But he doesn't ignore judgment and repentance yeah. mm-hmm. and those things. But it, it came out of, it sounded like many, many conversations mm-hmm. where this guy was like, wanting to hear more, wanting to hear more. And then at some point he was like, I'm done. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't want more. And then if Paul was going to keep on being like, no, I got to tell you more. I got to tell like, like that wouldn't, right. yeah. that was not go well. Yeah. Yeah. So there, I just think there's so much wisdom that's needed here. It, mm-hmm. yes. it kind of reminds me a little that Jesus has took different tacts with mm-hmm. different people. Like with uh, some people, he was just silent. Right. He didn't say anything to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, other people, he said a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, I yeah. wish that we had his insight all yeah. the time. I think it's I think it's important also to whatever the passage means to say what it doesn't mean. And I've heard it misquoted, misused this way in many times. Dog, don't give your don't give what's sacred to dogs or throw your pearls to pigs. There is a use of that among religious people where they sort of get to determine who's a dog and who's a pig. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And that whatever Jesus was saying here, he wasn't saying, don't give to people that you don't like (laughs) your sacred things. Don't talk to people that, you know, that you think are less than you. Don't give your pearls to people who are less than you. He's not saying that you get to decide who's a dog and who's a pig. Whatever he means, I think he probably means something relatively specific and not something that is yeah. that's, that's subjective. Because if we do, then we're judging. Exactly. And, yeah. and so and for that, so the, the new perspective that I heard about this is that, it, and this would be slightly different than the Jew-Gentile idea, mm-hmm. or this is talking about the Gentiles, but I don't think it's too different in where we come to is that this is more of a parable instead of an allegory. That it's not actually like, oh, the, the dogs and pigs are these people and the pearls are this thing. Mm-hmm. But it's more like, hey, if you give a dog something it doesn't care about, <laughs> it's, it I'm doesn't care about it, and it might get angry with you because it thinks it's something else, and it's going to come at you. And in just in that sense, that you whatever whatever we're sharing to whoever we're sharing it, we need wisdom to discern, mm-hmm. is the way that I'm going to do this actually going to be helpful? Or is yeah. the thing that yeah. I'm thinking of giving this person we actually going to be helpful? We need discernment to judge. We need to make right judgments. We need to exercise our judgment center to judge. Right. <laughs> and so so that would be the, 
Yeah. That would be a, another way of thinking about it, and I don't know which one's right. But it is interesting that I don't think it's too different. It, it, it's like, di- it doesn't – you come to the same spot. There is obviously a, the theory that it's a parable is one that I have not thought about, and that is – yeah, it, it, I, it's a, it's an interesting theory, and I, I don't actually have an opinion on it right yeah. now because I have to – I would have to look through it more, but – I do like that it comes to they come to the same place of you don't need to throw your morality in front of people who have not agreed to follow your moral code. We need to wrap this up. There's so much more that we could talk about and we're we're going to close it though. And I I want us to I want to do one thing. If you can keep it to a sentence or two. There's a question we asked at the very beginning of this, which we haven't covered, and I'd like to close this out with that same question. I want to come back to it. It's a, it was basically, as Christians, how do we interact in a world that judges the very word by which we will be judged? It relates a little bit to what we we're just talking about here, but I think that'd be a nice place to close it out. Lightning round? Let's do it. Um, I would say keep and exercise your capacity for discerning right and wrong but exercise it with the understanding that god is my judge Mm -hmm. and that i am in community and fellowship with the other people that i'm trying to navigate this with yep for me it's judgment can only come through a lens of love and humility. Mm. Mine would be first seek to understand and then restore relationship patiently and gently. And for me, I think the trick to all of this is keeping our eyes focused on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, that we need to not let the world push us into its mold, but instead have our minds renewed. Thank you. That's a pretty good summary. (laughs) Sounds good. Good stuff. You're a genius.